Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond. And I'm Rachel Burford. And we have a bumper show on the way for you today. Unbelievable amount of guests and news to bring you from all over the Oval world. First up, we've got Scotland International on the eve of their rescheduled Six Nations game, Jay Cronkle. We've also got Shauna Brown on the pod, your Harlequins teammate who's been very evident at the moment and up for a little award as well, isn't she, uh, Berth? And then just to round things off with a uh, with a flat 4,084th club and international game under her belt, Rocky Clark is on the, uh, on the pod as well to go through all the Alliance Premier 15's results for you. We've also got competition and a brand new feature. So yeah, brilliant show ahead, Berth. But first, we must just check in with you. How are you? How are the bones? How are the bruises? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a few more this week. A lot more aches and pains. Let's put in a few more tackles this weekend. Um, but generally, pretty well and good. Thanks, Johnny. How about yourself? I'm good, but you're not going to get away that lightly. How how was it? Because you know, DMP their first game with a young squad. This is a proper wasp side, and it looked like a, a proper tussle, certainly for uh, for for majority of uh, of the first half. Anyway. Yeah, look, I think we, we took quite a bit of confidence from DMP, but we knew the, the quality that Wasps have in their in their whole team. And obviously a new look team, but some absolutely star-studded t- talent across the board. And I think in that first 40 minutes, I think we, as a team, just gave them too much respect and kind of sat back and, let, and almost watched them play a little bit. And they, they managed to draw blood first. And, you know, come half-time, we, we didn't feel that we had really you know, taking a punch yet or even giving our best shot. And so we had to regroup at half time and go out and, and, you know, revert back to what we're really good at, playing in the right areas, trying to keep our discipline under control. And I have to say, like, our forwards put in a massive shift. When, when your tries are coming from all of your forwards, um, it does say a lot about how that second half went. But, yeah, look, we're, nobody's going to be the full, um, you know, full product by the, the second game. But we, there were things that we wanted to work on from the DMP game, um, and we managed to put some of those things into this game. So yeah, all in all, you know, happy with the result um, to get the win away at Wasps, and look, they do have a great talented side, and yeah, they definitely did bring it to us, which we expected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, as you said on paper, it's a it's a really really good Wasps side. Um, certainly, that that back line has been been even more bolstered over over the off period, as it were, through. Uh, Giselle Mather. Um but on paper that's a that's a really it's a really good result. You know, what's the semi finalist the last couple of years and, and going to their place putting thirty one points on that's uh, on paper a, a good good result. Anyway, more of that later on birth we will get into some uh, Alliance Premier Fifteens review, as it were, with your old chum, uh Rocky Clark, who you seem to be sort of marrying off with all sorts of people on uh, on social media at the moment. But anyway, we can uh, we can talk to her about that. And also, I must just say, it's really, really nice that you've decided not to record in your downstairs toilet today and we've got some decent sound from you. So <laughs> thank you very much for me and the listeners uh, for that one. But look, let's, let's get straight into it. It's a really, really exciting time. Um, the Six Nations is back upon us. So this weekend, we've got the rescheduled round four games uh, and slight alterations in the timings as well. So Ireland is against Italy, Energia Park at 630 PM on Saturday. Scotland against France has moved to 2.20 in the afternoon. That's at Scotston and is live on BBC Alba. Uh, we have asked about some details of the other game in the broadcast. Yet to hear anything as we record this on Monday evening. Other news, literally in the last few hours, the French squad uh, and the Scotland squad's been announced. But the French squad, 32 players uh, were announced with the usual suspects in there, Tremoulier, Mayans, MDI, Bourdon, Corson, and Gail Herme is named as the skipper. That's right, Johnny. And also the Scotland squad out just this afternoon too. The interim head coach, Brian Eason, named a largely unchanged 25-player squad with Megan Kennedy and Abby Evans returning from injury. The usual players involved are so Jade Conkell, who we have on the pod later, Dr Rachel Malcolm, Sarah Bonner, Helen Nelson, Chloe Rowley and Lisa Thompson. Well, you say we've got to get Jade on the uh, pod later on. No, Berth, let's just get her on now. Let's just get Jade Conkle on the pod now and uh, just check where her excitement levels are.
Uh, absolutely delighted to have Jade Conkel or Conkel. Uh, no, we, we we covered this off last time you were on the pod. Uh, Jade Conkel on on the pod. Uh, congratulations for for making the squad. But I guess you knew that a long time before we did. Um, no, actually, um, I think we we got the email yesterday. Um, saying that we were in the 25. So, as always, it's quite a pleasure to receive that email and be involved and see your name on the on the team list next to, you know, a bunch of other great names. So, yeah, we found out yesterday. It's so not long before you guys. We were never in doubt, though. <laughs> you can never be too sure. No, we book, booked you months ago, obviously, but your your humbleness <laughs> won't, uh, won't allow you to say it. But look, where, where, where are the excitement levels, JD? You've had a... Uh, game last week for for Quinns in the in the quarters uh, at club club level, but to get back in into the uh, into the international frame to to do some Six Nations in, in what is a, a potential World Cup year as well. After all the the troubles and trials and tribulations of the last six seven months, where exactly are your excitement levels? Where exactly are the the squad's excitement levels? Um, we're just excited to get back out onto the pitch. I think anything that doesn't involve a screen and unlimited burpees is a win for us. Um, so the fact that we can get back together as a squad, actually get a ball in our hands now, it's exciting. We're, we're getting a good amount of time together as well, which is good. Obviously, things are a bit more different in training, um, but everything that uh, everyone's just kind of taken it in their stride. You know, we've all got to abide by the rules to make sure that we're doing everything we can to be you know, fit, healthy and ready to be back on that pitch representing Scotland. There any concerns, Jade? Jade, I know I've asked a few people in the last couple of weeks. Any concerns? Because, uh, yeah, actually, what is the testing like at the, the SRU? Actually, I don't factually, factually know that. Uh, yeah, we get tested um, before coming into camp, um, which is obviously fantastic because then you've got that kind of confidence in... Uh, making sure that you're safe when you're in but also like we all know exactly what we should be doing um, and should not be doing and everyone's kind of bought into that um, and that comes from having a strong culture in the first place which is something that we have so everyone's on the same page everyone knows what we need to do so everyone's pretty switched on so we're all on the same page with that so we've got a lot of confidence when we do come in as a group together. Uh, and obviously within this Covid situation Philip Doyle Goose, as uh, most of us know him, has had to just yeah. take a take a backward step. Uh, Brian Eason's um, come in. Obviously, different people. How's that change been for for, for the squad? Um, obviously, it was a big loss for us to lose lose Goose. Um, we really liked him, and it was a shame that his time got cut short with us. And um, Brian's been with us um, even since we had Shade in his last year. Um, so he was the assistant coach then. Um, and then he was, again, the assistant coach to, to Goose. So we're very familiar with Brian. He's always had a really good hands-on approach with us. Um, so he's just kind of stepped in where he left off as well. Um, and he's bringing in a few extra things, um, especially with the backs, obviously being his um, primary focus um, with the moves and stuff. And we've got now a different forwards coach in called Ross, um, who's, again, brought new things to us, which has it's been really good to learn from him. So obviously a big loss with Goose, but we're in good hands. Just for our listeners, Jay, like, can you give us an insight to, to camp? What does it look like? Obviously, I know you had a bit of a, a tough weekend. So what does it look like leading up into the game this weekend? Um, so we'll go back into camp on Wednesday. Um, again, we'll kind of regroup. We've got, we've got a lot of detail at the moment. Um, so obviously we've got players coming in um, who maybe weren't in the, the setup before? We've got a few new faces in the in the squad to play against France. Um, so yeah, we'll just kind of cover off on the detail again. We'll go through lots of things. There'll be a lot of learning involved, and then we'll run through the processes, make sure everyone's comfortable and they know their role, and then um, we'll just have a nice steady build up up to the game. And then come Saturday, we'll have the captains run, make sure everyone's on the same page. Any final questions are given, and then ready to hit out against France on Sunday. I believe I'm saying that, to be honest. Yeah, it's amazing just to hear it. Um, one one question I always get quite fascinated about is how you find out your selection for the game. So, like, at England, we'd always get, like, a WhatsApp message and if you wanted to then talk to the coaches after. How is it in Scotland camp? Um, so, we normally get taken into our team meeting and then it, get put, it gets put up on the screen. Um, and then that's that's when you find out the team. Um, but before that, you literally have no idea. It's all when you get in and... It could be at any point. It could be in the morning that you see it. It could be in the afternoon. It could be 
on Thursday. We don't actually know when we get it, but we'll find out when we get in. Um, so half the people, you know, you sometimes get messages asking people and you're like, well, I can't tell you, but even if I did know, like, I don't. Um, so yeah, we're, we're clueless. I'm slightly disappointed it wasn't sort of delivered on a sort of miniature bottle of whiskey flown in by <laughs> a grouse or something to your to your home addresses. Um, on, 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 on paper, it looks like a really, really strong Scotland squad and there was some, you know, over of the autumn, the, the tour to South Africa, and obviously the, the Six Nations as well. Before it was uh, was stopped short, some really really positive sides that that trajectory certainly certainly on and up. What do you need to do uh, over the weekend against France to to make sure that that trajectory continues up? What 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 would be a success, Jade, at the weekend? Well, funny enough, you mentioned South Africa, which I can't believe was a year ago. Um, time flies. Because um, I think that's when we did our last podcast, was just after South Africa um, last year. Um, but basing on South Africa, they're a very physical team. France are renowned for their physicality. So first and foremost, we need to step up massively on the physical front. Um, last time that they came to Scotsdale Stadium, um, we put on a really good defensive performance against them. And I think we can take a lot of pride from that. So I think coming into Sunday, we need to you know, front up. We're all excited to get back on the pitch. We haven't played rugby together in a long time. So I think everyone's just eager to get out there. And I think because we've learned a lot over the last few months, hopefully, you know, we can then put on a good performance, putting into practice what we have been learning in the camps. But personally, you know, a big defensive um, and physical performance is, is just what we need to do from the onset. Is it a good time to play France? They've been in and out of, of, of the club scene about a quarter of the games of have been uh, been cancelled but obviously they're, they're coming together you know like you guys but is, is it a good time to to catch France on the hop yeah really good um it's always fun to play France because because they are so physical it definitely um I wouldn't say eases you in lightly to be the first game post you know post lockdown and stuff but you know go out with a bang and get excited for it and you know that they're going to give as good as you get so I think it's a really exciting first game for us and something that we can really you know step up and um, be excited for. And in terms of looking forward to those other Six Nations games and potentially World Cup qualifiers and what have you, just how confident are you as a as a squad and, and you personally of getting to that showpiece event in New Zealand? Um, obviously, like that is the big, massive goal I've played for a long time now. I'm definitely one of the the old gals in the team. Um, but, we just had Rocky like, Clark on. You're an absolute. You're you're a nipper. <laughs> you are. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Um, yeah, like we are um, just taking each game as it comes. You know, we've got to focus on each game as it comes and improve and learn from each game. Um, but we've got a lot of time together, which is something that's been absolutely fantastic, even despite everything that's going on. You know, everything's in place to give us the best possible opportunity to qualify. So we just need to keep learning from every camp, every game and then bring that confidence into December when we do have the qualifiers because, you know, we have a really good setup. We've got a really good group of players and a group of players that we've had for quite a few years now. So hopefully we can keep building and, you know, earn our spot to that World Cup and not just go to the World Cup, but actually compete and, you know, prove a point when we do when we do get to New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, I think we have a lot of confidence, but you've just got to take it each game as it comes. I like the fighting talk. Thanks. Expect, Got a sweat on now. Expecting, <laughs> expecting nothing, nothing less. Jade, it's late in the evening. Oh, look, we really, really appreciate you you joining us from camp. We wanted to get some uh, some insight to, to what's going on and you know where where, where everybody is uh, ahead of these these rescheduled Six Nations games. It always enjoy watching you on the park. Really, really enjoying sort of Scotland's resurgence and, and sort of really, really growing as a team. And we will look on at the weekend. Uh, with interest as well. Thank you so much for for coming on the pod. Good luck at the weekend. Good luck with Apex. um, And hopefully see you in in the flesh very, very soon. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. Great to have Jade on the pod. She really is uh, the heartbeat of that Scotland squad. She really speaks so, so very, very clearly. And a a person just to file in behind and follow it would appear from the outside berth that she she is that kind of person. You're there on the field with her in the quarters. Is she that kind of character? Yeah, she is. Like, I mean, she's a player that is an ultimate professional. She gets everything to, you know, her all her personal prep. 
you know, on the pitch, off the pitch, to the best of her ability. And she's just somebody that you want to follow. You know, she's part of the Harlequins leadership group because she is one of those players that leads by example. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see her back in Scotland, um, Scottish Colours this weekend doing what she loves and I know how passionate she is to represent her country and to do the badge very very proud I know that she'll work so hard um for that 80 minutes um against France yeah she always does put her heart and soul into it let's just round you up with the results from around the oval world that's happened in the last week it is semi-final time of the Farah Palmer Cup Canterbury, the reigning champions, and Waikato qualified top of their respective pools. Waikato secured top spot in the North Pool by beating Auckland 26-17 at Eden Park. Part of a doubleheader with the Bledisloe Cup game uh, between New Zealand and Australia. Really, really good to see the women's game at Eden Park, which is uh, one hell of a stadium. You ever, ever played there, Perth? Yes, I've been very fortunate to play there on a couple of occasions. You, it's one of those places where the... The history is, is, is palpable, isn't it? Yeah, you can feel it all around you. And it's just it's one of those places that you're desperate to play, but also to win there as well because of the history that it has. You did, you did didn't you? No. Rotorua, you won. OK, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wakato's victory meant that uh, Counties Manukau and Northland dropped out of the running but Auckland still qualify for the playoffs due to the tiebreaker rules. It was a long, long-winded, complicated uh, system, which we won't bore you with now. But basically it came down to the match points between Auckland and Northland uh, when those two played each other. And this was all despite County's huge 107-3 win over Taranaki. Northland ended up in third spot with their 32-0 victory over the Bay of Plenty. Down south, Canterbury eased past Tasman, 84-0, whilst Manawatu beat Hawke's Bay 29-12, setting up that semi-final against Waikato. So those details for the semi-finals. Canterbury take on Auckland on Saturday and Waikato take on Manawatu at the FMG Stadium. The final is the week after. Who's your money on? Oh, I'm going to back Stacey. Yeah, 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 Stacey. I'm going Kendra. Kendra, Kendra Cottage, and the Cantabrians for me. Do you want to bet on bet on that? Not allowed to bet on rugby. No sportsman's. Okay. Coffee. Um, <laughs> perhaps we do. Lose has to do a dare. Okay. That our listeners can choose. Come on, Canterbury. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Come on, Canterbury. <laughs> Come on, Canterbury. No no results in France this week, Berth. They've taken a little bit of a, a break. So they're back with round six of so that uh, elite one the weekend of the 6th of December. And in Ireland, the Energia Community Series is suspended in all four provinces until further notice. Yeah, another victim to, uh, to the COVID situation. But in Italy, another one of your friends, friend of the pod, Giada Franco, she got... Uh, her first game of the season under the belt, Serie A Feminina, got underway. Villaboa Rugby against Rugby Colonoro was 34-0 in a row. Capitoline Rugby put a staggering 118 unanswered points against Vels Arangana Rugby Padova. And Cos Torino against Benetton Rugby was postponed. The only other results to bring you up to date with is of course the Alliance Premier 15's round two results but let's do that in the company of a lady who just refuses to give up Dame Rocky Clark I'm Kendra and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod Absolutely delighted to have I'm sort of bowing you can't see listeners because you're only listeners, not viewers. But sort of just bowing, just usher in the centurion, the one and only Rocky Clark. Uh, how are you, Rocky? Are you are you well outside of your black eye? Yeah, I'm fighting fit, mate. I'm doing all right. The old girl's still got it. So, uh, yeah, having my hot baths and doing a few stretches and still creaking around. So plenty more left in the old tank. 
Oh, brilliant. Yeah, because that's, you know, somebody did sort of DM me today and said, how is it at sort of 57 years of age that Rocky is still still doing her thing out on the, on the field? I, I thought it was quite rude um, to take a couple of wow. years off you, but... Um, I know. I thought they'd actually say my real age at 75, but you hey. know, I'll, I'll take 57. That's all right. We're happy days. Um, yeah, just get, get my Zimmer frame and I'm out there. Sort of roll me out and uh, we're, we're good to go. Once I warm up after 10 minutes, I, I start walking and we're all good. <laughs> the shares and Codley were all going brilliantly. But, uh, but Rocky, you know, I, I know I've asked you this before in, in various guises or whatever, but is it your thirst to, to continually get better that, that that drives you on to perform at the most unbelievable level that you do year after year after year is is that the, the major driving factor um yeah i just i just want to play like i i know i keep getting older every year and it's you know i'll keep going oh, am, am i still good enough yeah we all do um but yeah the, the hunger is just to, to still be competitive still be a, a, a rugby athlete and and you know give give what I can back to the sport and I, I love it. And while I'm still good enough to compete, I'm, you know, throwing my hat in my ring and, you know, chasing all the youngsters around and, um, yeah, being shown a thing or two by those, but also showing some Rocky tricks in there as well. I have seen firsthand just how much you, you, you give to a squad to, uh, to all those youngsters. They are incredibly, incredibly fortunate and lucky to, to have you around but anyway enough blowing smoke your 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 way um we've got you on to to go through the alliance premier 15 results uh if that's all right with you a rocky roundup all right. about alliteration this uh tonight look let's get into the 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 saracens sale game which obviously you started it one, one just little caveat we will say we're, we're recording this as poppy cleo's hearing is going on so uh, we won't get your opinion on the red card. I think that's really, really unfair. It puts you in a, in a in a bad spot. So, outside of the red card, how was the game from you from a from a Saracens point of view? Yeah, we um we had a slow start, which was uh, slightly frustrating. Um, we seem to sort of uh, have had those in the last uh, last couple of games. So, um, we were under under pressure, and you know, Sale came at us, and you just have to be so wary of Katie McLean's boot. She's still like the best in the business, and like you know, she just pins you back. Um, and you know, Sale organised um, organised outfit, and I think Katie's done really well going in there and and getting those guys up to speed. And there's some some good talent on the team. Um, they were they were really tough opponents, and we. We just missed our opportunities and made a few errors that just meant we were on the back foot for for the first half, um, and it was difficult, you know, a few errors upon errors, and we we just need to get rid of those, and then we'll be all right. But sort of second half, we came into our own, and um, you know, we were up against it with fourteen, but we we tightened up, and you know, we played some great rugby. I don't think they scored a point on us in the second half, and and there was a fantastic try. Um, by Sydney uh, going through and putting, I think it was either I can't remember if it was Lottie or Zoe. It was one of the one of the speedy backs that uh, went went over, and it was a it was a great try. So it was, uh, you know, I, I love being sort of the up up against it. That's that's sort of my middle name, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was, I think I think it was Lottie. Um, as I said, Berth can't get uh, Rocky's reaction uh, to that red card, but we can't get it from you from what you've seen. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, my initial reaction was I wasn't sure what I was looking at, which I think most people <laughs> think that, that she's talking about charging Katie down, the 10. But it's actually not. It's, an, it's another player that kind of gets stuck behind the referee and then pops up in the line of where Poppy's running. Um, I think, I don't know, we've never seen anything like it before. I think it's a really, really tough on... Um, on Poppy because she's running in a straight line. She's going to charge down a kick, which is clearly evident that yeah. Katie is going to kick the ball. She hasn't changed her line. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it—it's just. I mean, when have you heard of of this? I mean, have you ever seen it? No, um, I haven't. A direct blow with the hip to the head. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, uh, we we will wait to see what what comes out of uh, out of the hearing, but uh, it hasn't affected the result, uh, which is you know, which is you know, really good. But we just oh, obviously there's there's implications personally for for Poppy Keel. So uh, it, 
it is difficult with with one kind of fairly grainy wide angle uh, to to have a look, and we don't know what else has happened. I, you know, I'd like to see the whole thing. I've kind of sped sped watched the the, the game, but as you, you know, if there's a build up of slightly on the edge type play, which yeah you know, we know full well, that's a, that's the great thing about Poppy Clears. He plays on that on that edge in people's faces. Whether there was other things, but that shouldn't really count. Yeah, look, I think we we, we both agree, uh, extraordinary and. Um, Red is, is is fairly harsh. Yeah, I think it is, and it does have huge implications for Poppy as a as a player. As you know, she's fighting to to get back into not get back, but be a part of the England squad and what that looks like. So the opportunity to play, we know how rare it is right now, and to be and um, for that to be taken away from her is is really gutting for her as an individual, but also you know whatever may be of this hearing. Um, you know, if she's looking at a ban, that that rules her out of Saracens, that rules her out of England, and and that's that's huge implications for both of those sides. And then, um, you know, if to me it feels like it's a rugby accident, you know, almost like you know when two players clash their heads by accident, and there's no um, intent to to in um, any harm or recklessness, you know, to charge a kick down, you must jump in the air towards the kicker, and that is all that she has done. And so I think it. I think it's a really harsh call. Um, I think it, irrelevant of how Poppy plays on the edge or anything. You can't then just punish her, you know, because um, of yeah. one incident that may. No, no, be. Yeah, and I know that's not what one hundred percent. And I think you know, it's just you know, talking to Poppy. She's she's waiting to hear now, and and you know, it's not a nice place to be in as a player to to be waiting on what your your kind of fate is, but. Let's see what 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 comes of that hearing, but I think you know I don't think she's being reckless. Um, I don't think there's intent. Um, and yes, there is contact with the head, but it is in it's in a rugby action motion. It's not. She hasn't targeted that place. She didn't even know she was there. So it's re- it's a really tough one. Um, but yeah, I think I think a red card's harsh. I, I don't know if it's even warrants a yellow. Yeah. Well. Uh... Yes, certainly nothing deliberate. And we, if sense didn't prevail on the day, we hope it uh, sense prevails at the hearing. Rocky, I was going to ask you about Katie Daly McLean, and yeah, for the for the for the few bits and pieces that that I've seen, she just was varying the play so unbelievably well. How difficult is she to play against? Oh, yeah. Tell you what, I reckon I did some running at the weekend because I had to keep turning and run running back for for kicks. Obviously, I was nowhere near it, but you have to make an attempt. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you, you you just always you you've always she's such a threat ball in hand, um, and yeah, just her kicking game and the the tactical awareness um, and execution of when to when to do kicks and um, and turn a, a defence is just phenomenal. And you know, then we've got to play out of our, our half deep in our half, and and they certainly had the territory and the possession battle certainly in the first half. She's um, a phenomenal athlete, and she keeps getting better with age. I'm like, you know, she's getting on a bit now, but she's uh, she's just amazing. Well, I could name somebody else in that bracket as well. But turning back to 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 Sarries, the slow start. Just want to pick you up on that because yeah, last well, yeah, the first two rounds of this season, little slow starts in there, and I seem to remember it sort of littering your play the last couple of seasons as well. So yeah, the, the Harlequins game springs to mind. Um, which you eventually won. Why are you getting a slow start? I'm getting evils from birth now on the Zoom call. Why the slow start? What can you do to change it? Why haven't you changed it? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Obviously, um, for the first game last uh, last week, that was tough because we hadn't played you know, rugby for however many months, and and you know everyone's going to be rusty and. Uh, stuff, but we seem to just love a, a like a, a comeback. I don't know why we, we need to come out the blocks early doors. You know, especially against the um, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that can really put us to bed early if they don't um, if we don't if we don't sort it out. Uh, I think probably a bit of mindset has to has to come into it. Like we've we've got to want to get on top early and, and make sure we're we're the you know, the Saracens defence of old and just really putting some real pressure on the on opposition and suffocate them. But it takes us a little while to get into our stride and and we almost wake up once the opposition has scored. And you know, I don't none of us want to be a part of that. We wanna we wanna be putting them 
putting points on other teams and and, and winning our little one on one battles. But yeah, it's just taken us a while. I don't I don't quite know how we're gonna we're gonna fix it. Obviously, we need to we need to think of something fairly quickly, especially when you um you know getting at the important. Uh, end of the season we've got to we've got to make sure that that you know that we're not known for that we've got to be we've got to be a competitive outfit for the whole game yeah I think also on that though like for years previous everyone's kind of like oh it's Sarri's Harlequin Sarri's Harlequin I genuinely do not think that it is a two-horse race this year like the way the teams are being competitive, you know, you talk about Sale and you talk about Worcester, two sides last year, kind of bottom of the table. Uh, sorry, Sale obviously not even in there, but Worcester down there. And it's like, it, it's not going to be like that this year. It's so much great work has actually gone on during this um, coronavirus and the break. That's allowed teams to actually get on top of, you know, you the last few years of what we've been able to produce, they've been able to really knuckle down on some of the things. And I think, you know, part of that not starting well, maybe you are starting well, but actually opposition now are a lot better as well. Yeah, I think um, I think it comes down to when we get our opportunity, we had a couple of times, like a couple of um, drop balls off of kickoff and stuff. And, and that's when you need to sort of, you know, tighten up, play your phases and then, and then just get, get yourself on the front foot. But, if you get those errors off for the first hand or, you know, a phase or two and then you've lost the ball, um, we just, um, we need to iron those out. But you're completely right. The oppositions this year is, I think it's going to be really close and I think any team could uh, to, could undo another team. Um, you know, I think most games are going to be really, really competitive. Like you saw at the weekend, uh, Exeter and Bristol. What an amazing close game. We thought... Bristol um, had it in the bag at half time, and then Exeter come back, uh, come back team. Maybe they'll take our title. Um, came back, and you know it was a really close thing, and two points in it, down to a kick, wasn't it, for a draw? So it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. The brand of rugby is going to be so good, and people have had months to to really hone in on their basic skills, and and everyone seems up to speed. I, I think it's going to be a competitive league. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yes, we'll just uh, update you um, with the uh, the nuts and bolts. Exeter twenty two, Bristol twenty four. So, yeah, Kim Oliver's side with a victory there. The other the, the the team that you played last week, Rocky, of course, was was Worcester under under Joe Yap. They put fifty eight points to five on DMP Durham Sharks. What did you what did you make of Worcester? Uh, are, are they the I would say dark horses? Because if you're in the know, then you you know that they're going to be. Highly competitive this year, especially with Yappy uh, in charge. What did you make of them? Yeah, I mean, Yappy going in uh, last year made a made a huge difference, and they started getting some results towards the tail end of the year. And the new recruits they've had this uh, season, with the likes of um, Fisher and um, Alex Matthews, have, have, have bolstered their side. But you've got your, your stalwarts like your Laura Keats and. Like she's just been on on fire, and your Lindsay O'Donnell, like those guys, they've they've built round a young team, and they've got a lot of talent there. And I tell you what, I think they'll be competing for top four this season. And um, it certainly wasn't an easy ride at all last week. And I think I think they'll turn over some top teams for sure. They've uh, they've they've built a really strong team, and under Yappy, who knows the game inside out, uh, she'll uh, she'll certainly lead them to some good victories. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, for, for for what it's worth, I, uh, I I totally agree with you. I think they will they will be there thereabouts in, in terms of in terms of playoffs. And we know how good Yappy is with the with the youngsters, and I know they're doing some great work with combining colleges and that kind of stuff to get the pathway going. So uh, yeah, Worcester are very much on the uh, on the up and up. The uh, the other game was Lightning against Gloucester Hartbury. 32-26, Lightning came away with that one. We all thought that possibly Lightning might struggle with without Katie Daly-McLean, but uh, it seems though Helena Rowland uh, has, uh, has come in and filled her shoes very, very well. A lady you know well. Yeah, Helena's been um, been an asset to, uh, to, to any team that she plays for. and I actually watched a clip of um, their tries last week. And I thought it was Katie going down the wing who put the winger away, and just and she even had her socks rolled down like her. And I was like, well, "Katie, what?" And then I realised it was Helena. Like she's she looked really sharp. Um, she's a young kid with bags of talent, and you know it's exciting to see um, so what she can she can bring to the side. And you know I think they're going to be a really competitive team again with um, like Sarah Hunter leading those guys. Um, 
And yeah, obviously Katie's a big, big loss to Loughborough, but but certainly what a good replacement to come in and uh, and fill her boots for sure. Yeah, and, and Harlequin's got got some result over was thirty one twelve as well. And now Abby Ward, we're getting used to that as well, is now the league's top try scorer with five tries. Would you believe? That slightly irks you, doesn't it, Rocky? You like being her top of that try scoring list. I know she's done well. Very, very yeah, proud of her. She's done good. She has pointed out that from like two meters out, so her total meters gained is like ten. <laughs> There's nothing wrong, wrong with that, Rocky. <laughs> well, I'm happy for her to do as many of those as she wants. <laughs> yeah, they all count, and uh, and the older you get, the further away they are. So probably on fifty meters <laughs> the by the end. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're talking to the wrong person there, ladies. I just got it before you go because um, I well, I need my Horlicks apart from anything else. It's getting late in the day. I would like your predictions on this week's fixtures: Bristol against Loughborough. Who are you going for, Rocky? Oh, oh. I'm going to go Loughborough. Birth. Killamore won't be happy with me. It'll be close, but I think Loughborough might edge it. Okay, Worcester against Wasps is the live on the RFU stream and uh, Elliot's Premier 15's uh, website. Worcester Wasps, here you go, Berth. Oh, Wasps. Wasps. Rocky. I'm going I'm to back Worcester, my old team. I'm going to go with Keatsy. Do you know what? I'm going I'm going Rocky again. Uh, Harlequins Exeter. Exeter all the way? I think, think I'm going to have to go for Har- uh, Harlequins. Yeah, only, only because Berth's here, yeah? Yeah, yeah. exactly that yeah. reason. Exactly that reason, good. Uh, Gloucester Harbour against Sale. Where are you going, Berth? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go Gloucester Harbour. Yeah, I'm going to go Gloucester. Home win. Uh, Big of battle. Yeah, I agree. And isn't that great to be saying that? Only sort of three rounds in with these new teams. Saracens against DMP Durham Sharks with all three presumably going going Saracens, are we, on that one? Yeah, Saracens. I'm going to have to back my team. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Uh, look, Rocky, we, we've taken up uh, <laughs> enough of your enough of your time. Keep doing it. Keep scoring uh, those, those um, 100 metre tries. Keep smiling. The game will be so less rich without you in it. So, so please, please... From us, uh, from me, please, please keep keep doing what you're doing. I'll try my very best. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Have a good evening. You. Cheers, Thank Rockstar. You. You take care. care. I'm Katie Dealey McLean, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Podcast. Magic to have the Centurion on the pod. She just, where's she getting her energy from? I mean, it doesn't go sort of a 10 minute period. When on social media, she's not doing hill runs. I mean, you know, we can't quite see how fast she's doing them. But, you know, what bike sessions, all the rest of it, dog walks, she just can't stop moving the girl. Yeah, she's class, isn't she, both on and off the pitch. I think I think with Rocky, she's just so young at heart and that she's just hoping that her body can stay as young as it can and keep moving. I think if she slows down, it will really stiffen up probably. So she just has to keep on the what bikes and keep on the dog walks. Um, just to keep those joints nice and um, lubricated. Let's get you up to date with the, the rest of the news from the uh, women's rugby world. In Ireland, just today, did you see it, Beth? The launch, a separate launch, just for Ireland women's. There is that famous phrase, isn't there? It doesn't matter how many times you fall off the horses, how many times you get back on. And Ireland and Canterbury have learned their lesson. And they've, they've launched the women's shirt as a separate entity, which uh, was, was really good to see. Have a look at the website and across their socials as well. Apart from anything else, just to look at the, the moody face on Anna Capeless was just genius. <laughs> That's what we get training all the time. So yeah. serious. <laughs> you see, because she comes across as so fun. Oh, I've got to mention, she was on um, Barry Murphy and Andrew Trimble's podcast, the, the Potholes and Penguins, the other day. And she sang, she just made this song up like over the weekend. Incredible, such a, a talented lady. And speaking of singing, do you hear Sarah Beckett? I think that was today on her socials. Yeah, she runs on it. How you can hit like a train and sing like a canary, I have no idea. <laughs> she's a gentle giant, that one. Everyone's got her wrong. But yeah, she's soft at heart, really. Wow. Don't tell too many people. No, indeed so. 
Well, as we all know, the RPA Awards were this week as well. Meg Jones picked up sevens player of the year, Zoe Allcroft with the 15th player of the year, and Jodie Onsley um, also picked up the Vodafone Gain Line Award. So if anybody doesn't know what that means, that's kind of working off the pitch, what you're doing in the community, what you're doing away from rugby. And what Jodie's been doing is going in and sharing her story in a lot of deaf schools um, to kind of show you know, that it doesn't matter that you... Um, maybe deaf you can still go on and represent your country um and that anything's possible so congratulations to all three there yeah absolutely she spoke brilliantly actually uh, on the awards night and yeah proving to be a, a real inspiration for for lots of young kids continuing on red roses news uh, alex matthews abby burton meg jones holly Aitchison, helena Rowland have all been called into the england camps in the last few weeks and a big bit of news this week um literally just come out today RFU and O2 sign a new five-year deal. And the reason we're mentioning it is because it's such a statement of intent and it's becoming more and more evident now. In the press release, O2 have pledged to equally fund both the men and the women's game over their course of their partnership. Unbelievable. So, And like O2 have been unbelievable in the years prior to this statement as well. Like the work that they do with the women's team, I've always been really, really proud to represent them. Um, so this is just the fact that they're taking it another step is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a really long-standing relationship, isn't it? I think this this five-year deal will take them over the 30-year mark, uh, which is quite incredible. And as you say, they are one of those um, sponsors who, who truly commits to it. And that, that is that is a proper proper statement, putting it out there. Um, and I'm sure that yeah, that, that will come through. And it's um, yeah, that we're just beginning to see more and more of these as time goes on. Come on, let's grease the wheels. Rugby World Committee appointments have changed slightly. Seni Napu, the uh, Ireland international, is replacing someone who they just just felt wasn't giving a great deal to the role anymore. Didn't really take it seriously. It was quite boring. Um, called Arbert. Oh, it's you. Oh, Seni's replacing you. Yes, she is. I'm, I'm giving her the reins. No, um, so yeah, Senna's going to take over my role with the Women's Advisory Group, um, which she's already been heavily involved in working alongside me when I was on the group anyway, and heavily involved with Katie Sadia. So she's going to slip into that role so seamlessly, and she'll contribute so much. Um, she's so passionate about developing the women's game and making sure you know the, the right things are happening at the top, um, and she's prepared to challenge and push things in order to you know, grow the game, but in the right way. Obviously, Sene plays for Ireland. It's a not, she's not professional there. So it's a different, she's coming from a very different background. She also has um, Samoan heritage. So she can also, you know, speak to the other side of the world and understand that side of things. So she's going to bring a hell of a lot to that role. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I was only joshing, but if you've done an outstanding work there, I know. Some other women have uh, joined uh, on various councils and committees at World Rugby as well. Melody Robinson, broadcaster, former Blackfern as well. Kate Zachary, former USA international. Dr. Abra Chimto, uh, the former Canadian international. And Berth, you've moved into the elite playing group. Is that right? Yeah, so that World Rugby have changed their committees around and they've got... So it used to be on the rugby committee and that's now split into... Um, the community game and high performance and then a seven strategy group as well. So I'm sitting on the high performance rugby committee alongside um, Dr. Arab Chinko, or as I know as Rue. News from Australia, Berth. Yeah, that's right. You're seeing Barney Polite and Elia Green have re-signed to the sevens, which is excellent news. We certainly want to see them at the Olympics this year and on the World Seven Series. Bit of sad news, though. Castlick has been ruled out for the rest of the season, or the rugby league season, season should I say, with an injury. Um, so we wish her all the very best and a speedy recovery. Indeed we do. And World Rugby has approved uh, the updated transgender participation guidelines following a comprehensive, collaborative and transparent review of its existing guidance. However, the RFU and USA Rugby, who are both adhering to the decision but not applying it to their domestic games, the RFU will carry on with the current testosterone reduction policy and have called for more research. 
And the Sunday Times Sports Women of the Year Award has a new category, the Influencer of the Year, and our very own Shauna Brown has been nominated. And Grassroots Sports Women of the Year, also a rugby player from Barnes Rugby Club, is Z Alama. Well, do you know what, Worth? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could get, say, one of those nominations on the pod? <laughs> well, funny you say that. Let's get Shauna Brown on. So, uh, absolutely delighted to have... I just, sorry, I described you last week as eclectic. Is that all right? Uh, I think so. What does eclectic actually mean? Is that just quite outrageous out there? No, just lots of different parts, lots of different things going on because you've been yeah. a commercial diver, you've thrown the hammer for... Stop me if any of this is wrong. For GB and a Commonwealth Games. Uh, yeah. You've just given up working for the fire service... You play for yeah. Harlequins, you play for the Red Roses. That's a fairly eclectic back catalogue in, in anyone's book. How are you? You must be very tired. A lot of people ask me that and say, <laughs> how do I manage it? But to be honest, I'm, I couldn't think of any other life. Um, the main thing, I don't have children, so I don't have little people taking up all of my time. So I'm just making use of lots of free time while I have it. Um, yeah, I'm just not quite that much of a superhero yet to do it with children. So I'm just I'm just rolling with it. Uh, well, it's great to have you on the pod, Shauna. Um, let's just touch on the weekend and the first couple of rounds of, 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 Har- of Harlequins opening the season. Very, very strange season. We all know that. But uh, how, how pleased are you with the, the first opening games? Two very, very different games. And more importantly, um, has the captain been up to scratch? Uh, captaincy. Generally, I'll give it a strong seven. A strong seven for now. But we're early days. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's been good. The, the most important thing is that we're out there, that we're playing, and we're very much in the minority and very special minority that we can play, as of the community community game obviously can't. Um, and then even within that, like last week, Wasps and Bristol's game was cancelled, so it's it's very much just a, an honour to be playing at the moment, full stop. And it's great to be back in the swing of things. And you've been dropping sort of in and out of uh, of England camp as well. How how is that coming together? Obviously, some some fresh faces in there, not just uh, sort of the coaching staff, but also on the playing staff with a few of the uh, few of the sevens girls coming in. How how's that been gelling so far? So it's, it's been nice and refreshing to have, like you say, different faces around, including staff and having new ideas bounce around and new ways of doing things. And I'm I'm very much a person of enjoying change, so it's nice to 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 do things a bit differently and not just to do things for the sake of it but actually someone coming in and saying I think we can improve this by doing this because and it's that because that makes it more important and then as you say with lots of sevens girls in and out again it's just a it's refreshing to have different players and just sometimes things just get stale because we're humans and you kind of get in a routine and you get in a way of doing things but actually having new people in either to question why we're doing things or, or just to sort of sometimes do their own little, add their own little sort of touch of stardust to it is cool. So it's, it's all positive. Having different people in it is all positive and it, it makes us gel as a, a bigger squad. Well, is it also positive that you haven't got to do too many scrums now? secret. Props <laughs> love scrums. Front row loves scrums. We're all very heartbroken at the moment that there's not a lot so of scrums. I've had conversations with Chloe Edwards and um, Vic Cornbright. They really love scrums. Yeah, uh, you don't fit that category. You're an ex-pack rower. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like a scrum sometimes. It's just really hard work. So I, I'm just enjoying the free. It is like being a back rower again, and people say, "Oh, there's no scrums." It's really benefiting the backs. So I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold up!" It's actually benefiting the front rowers of back row at heart. <laughs> but it's it. But then when you do actually have to scrum, and you remember how difficult it is, and you try and play rugby in between scrums, you're like, "Whoa." This is genuinely hard work. Exactly, Shauna. When when I've been a sort of watching training and and commentating on games and 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 had had a couple of conversations with you, you, you just your your enthusiasm and positivity is uh, is something to behold. It really it really is. It just rubs off on on whoever's uh, around you. Um, I just wanted to sort of take that and 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 ask you about. The start of the league with, with obviously the women playing their their first game since the sort of Black Lives Matters, not specifically the specific movement, but the the the, the broader concept of it um, came about in this sort of ever changing 
unprecedented times that, that, that we live in. You've been heavily involved in that. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Are you happy with where that's at? Could there be more done? So the short answer is yes, there could always be more done. Like we're never finished and that's that's sport, that's life. Like we're never, we're never 10 out of 10 in anything we do in life. Otherwise, why would we carry on? We always, as humans, want to be better. Um, yeah, I've been heavily involved in in talking about the situations, talking about my experiences, giving my views and opinions on things. And part of, I guess, one of the issues is the fact that the reason I've been so heavily involved is because there's not many other people who could be involved in terms of being of an ethnic minority. Um, it's very, especially in terms of the international scene, like you're looking at the, the contracted 28, it's just myself and Langi Tuima who are of an ethnic minority heritage. So that, that bit's tough in terms of it's kind of down to us to talk. And, and Langi, I think she's still finding her voice and still finding her opinion and, and almost a bravery to, to say her thoughts. And we have some really good conversations between us, but she's still learning to to come out and say it out loud in a way that like you don't you don't want to isolate yourself. You don't want to keep being the voice of, of something. You, you don't want to keep... You don't want to be under a certain umbrella and it's like, oh, there's Shauna, she's the mixed race one, like she can go in her corner over there. Whereas actually you're still very much a part of the team. And it's 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 nice now that people want to learn and people want to have conversations and it's refreshing that people are coming up with conversations to me as well. Like I don't always want to be the one to instigate things. I don't want to be the one and I yeah. don't have all the ideas. I don't have all the answers. Like I have very few answers. But it's refreshing that other people are now coming up with answers. Other people are coming up with questions. And it's it's positive steps forward. And the whole world is talking about it now. So if it's not going to change now, then when is it going to change? Just having one of our calls with the squad, just you opening up and being like, come and talk to me if you if you want to. And I think for so long, so many people were afraid of what to say, what's right, what's not right. And, and instead of actually asking, they say nothing which is worse. And it's like you say, having those conversations, being open and honest and learning, like we're all in a learning process right now. Um, and anybody that doesn't follow Shauna on social media, every day during Black History Month, she's doing education around Black history, educating us on the greats that we don't know enough about. Um, so do get following her socials to find out more. But I think it is, you're so right that it starts with conversations. It starts with understanding and just being open and, and being open to be wrong so that you can be right. Yeah, yeah it's just accepting it's okay to be vulnerable at a period of time and like you said on my stories I've had a lot of interaction it is hard work for me posting every day it's not something I completely enjoy but it's <laughs> been so worth it that the feedback I get the responses I get there's been so much involvement and, and people are happy to sort of like guess answers even though they don't definitely know and there's been a lot of wrong answers and there's been a lot of sort of outrageous answers and I think my goodness but actually at least it's somebody having a go having a try and then realizing they're wrong but now they want to know more and that's it ultimately it's about learning it doesn't matter how you get there it doesn't matter your journey as long as you get to the destination of learning that's that's what we're looking for so if the conversation started up and they're being being had what what is the next step for for rugby in particular women's rugby the Alliance Premier 15s clubs harlequins even specifically harlequins to carry on the conversations so that so that we 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 continue to keep learning so i think it's best for us to start as individuals and as clubs and at the moment we're in a stage where we've committed our women's team we'll be kneeling in games throughout october moving forward indefinitely and that's as a celebration of black history month um, and then even things like we've started a, a movie and book club so that's put out a nominated book or film or documentary for that week and you watch it if you want to watch it like it was, it was very important for me to keep it inclusive as opposed to exclusive and not make a separate group and not like just make it open so everyone can just pop in and out like you don't have to commit to it and actually sometimes it's just an hour's watch and then we can have a talk about it and it's that realizing wow that this different world exists and if, if you're not from a certain culture or not from a certain background you don't necessarily know it exists or you just see it in the news and it's sort of just this group of people over there and not realizing that actually there's stories behind individuals and there's families behind these stories. So it's 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 positive so far and getting involved myself and Sarah Beckett getting more involved with the Harlequins Foundation um, and they have their project arm that goes out to certain so at the moment they've got Project Rugby 
and that's aimed at people who don't generally have access to rugby and that's looking at ethnic minorities, females, people with disabilities and people from low socioeconomic backgrounds, which generally just sums me up as a person. But it's just about opening ourselves up and, and wanting to go out and learn more. But then in terms of the future, that's who knows. Um, I don't get paid enough money to have those kind of answers and some people do and they still don't have the answers. But it's it's just at the moment doing it on a local level and doing having it within ourselves to, to go out and create change and, and hopefully it evolves into bigger change. And I was going to, because I know you've got a, a bit of ribbing on social media about, well, I don't know, but it's probably about four, four and a half foot, the uh, the picture of you now in the in the tunnel at Twickenham. Um, no, no, I know. No, we can, we can, we can go on the banter thing, but but I also think, Shauna, that there's something in me that that immediately went ten, fifteen years ago. That's never ever going to happen. And actually, I, I you know, it, that's that's a really really good stuff. Not only to have a woman, but to, to have a woman from, from 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 your kind of background to 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 be there. I think it's a really really positive step. You didn't have to do yeah, it. Because then even like it's similar on the outside. So the tunnel, again, not many people are going to sort of have the honour of walking out through the tunnel. But even on the outside of Twickenham, so whether you're just driving past, walking past, there's pictures of myself, there's pictures of the other women. You've got someone like Lewis Ludlam as well. It's it's just putting us out there and, and being proud. And sometimes, it, sometimes I am chosen for things because of the colour of my skin, because I am different. But for me, that's OK, because actually... It's just showing people, like, this is rugby. We're proud of our people. We're proud of our rugby players. We're proud to have difference within our squads. And we just, we want more of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a, a celebration of that. Um, look, Sean, as ever, you're utterly engaging. I could, we could talk to you all day long. No doubt we will uh, We will see you, no doubt, in, in a few weeks' time, whatever, on a touchline. But, um Look, for now, thank you very much for, for touching on that. It's We're not going to let the issue go away here on the WRP. I know Berth's, Berth's really, really conscious to, to keep things going, but really, really good to speak to you for now. Good luck in camp and keep being you. Thank you. My honour. Being me, it's the easiest job in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Shauna. Thanks, Berth. I'm Shannon Opal, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Competition time, Berth. First one of the second series on our 49th weekly podcast. Do you know that? Big 50 next week. Close to your age. Yeah, big competition. Ida Sports, who are this revolutionary company. Laura Youngson, um, who I've spoken to. Really, really engaging lady. Yeah, she's changing the way that uh, manufacturing of boots is being done. Basically, she's made a specific boot for women's feet. Check them out, Ida Sports. And we've got a pair of boots, courtesy of Laura and Ida Sports, to give away. And uh, let's say four pairs of socks. I'm sure Laura and mine is doing that. Four pairs of socks, which have a ra- getting rave reviews as well, actually. Uh, as rave reviews as socks can get. Get out more. Um, so... <laughs> So then, Berth, competition. What we thought we would do is, while we're sort of dipping in and out of various lockdowns around the UK and around the world, is while we've not been able to do our normal rugby-type stuff, who, around your club, around your family, in your group of friends, has been a coronavirus hero? Who was done all the quizzes, who's been there first with all the hand gel, sanitising the equipment, who's been brilliant over Zoom, who's been giving people little calls. Whatever you want to do, tell us a story of your rugby coronavirus hero. And what should they do to enter the competition, Berth? Well, we want to hear why they're your coronavirus hero. Um, send us a pic, tag us in it, share it. Um, obviously sharing through your stories will increase your chances of winning so we get to see it more but yeah look, we just want to hear good stories from about good people during this really difficult time um, and to, for sharing that you get to a chance to win yourself a pair of boots and four pairs of socks good socks as well we said we wouldn't give up on where the cup is with Jill Burns if you remember regular listeners message Jill this week says it hasn't been found so uh, she thinks it may have been melted down or, or is lost um, forever because uh, nobody in the rugby family has come up but uh, if you find a just a, 
an old spare rugby world cup lying around your garage uh, do get in touch with us because uh, Jill Burns the great Jill Burns is after it and our new feature birth as well I mean what a packed show guests competitions new feature community corner hey everyone loves a bit of alliteration so each month we're going to have someone on from the community game to discuss whatever they want to discuss. They can ask us questions. They can tell us about their club, tell us about their team, why they love rugby, what's great about it, what's been positive, what are the struggles have been, opinions, shout outs, you name it. It's your two minutes to, to do whatever you like with. So again, DM us, get in contact with us, why you'd like to come on the Women's Rugby Pod Community Corner. But that is uh, about it for this week, Berth. Huge, huge thank you to our guests, to Shauna Brown, to Rocky Clark, to Jay Conkle, to you and to Rugby Nut beavering away in the background as ever. Who have we got next week, Berth, as the Six Nations games roll into town again? Yeah, we've got an exciting lineup to hear next week. We've got the Red Rose boss, Simon Middleton, on to talk about going after that victory at the weekend versus Italy. Shona Power-Hughes, a big friendly giant um, from Wales, and Lindsay Peake from Ireland. Looking forward to that. But in the meantime, of course, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Women's at Rugby pod. While you're there, you may as well just give it a, a five-star rating. It really does help our end as well. So on our social media channels, we are at, at pod women's, women's Rugby. rugby. We almost said that together. Once more. At Pod Women's Rugby. The last thing to say is a big shout out to those listening in Columbus, Ohio. That's apparently a hotspot of WRP listeners. So there you are. You have been identified and you have been thanked on the WRP. So until next week, with the Feast of Rugby coming your way. Enjoy it all. Until next time.